us. Add us to your favorites. Add us to your favorites. Add us to your favorites. Are we on the air? Yes, you are. Good afternoon, wherever you may be around this wild, wacky, and sometimes disturbing world of ours. Yes, that's the intro to the Mindset Podcast, a weekly attempt to open eyes and shedding light on what's really going on in the world, all done by ripping apart the media madness that masquerades as news. Join me, Gareth Davis, every Sunday on the Mindset Podcast. You can find the show on all major podcasting services such as iTunes, Stitcher, and so on. Or you can go directly to the main Mindset website. That's www.mindsetcentral.com. Check out the Mindset Podcast. Bring your curiosity, your opinions, and a sense of humor. And remember that some worldviews are stranger than others. Welcome to the Dead America Podcast. It's time to learn something new right now. Let's listen in with your host, Ed Waters, as he learns new things and meets new people. Today we have a podcast rock star, Wynn Charles, with us. Wynn is the host of the Winning Cup Podcast. Wynn, could you please introduce yourself and let people know what you do and why you do it in a little bit of a sense? A little bit of a sense, Ed. Very nice intro. No, but my name is Wynn, and I have a physical disability called cerebral palsy. I actually have five disabilities, which we'll get into all under the membership of cerebral palsy. And so the reason why I created the uh, Winning Cup podcast is to educate the world about cerebral palsy and all disabilities and just bring global awareness to disabilities. Yeah, I love what you do. You are definitely on top of things and you do so much. Are you still working on your uh, journalism? I am, I am, I'm still working on my journalism degree, but I am taking a little bit of a hiatus from that. It's not because I don't love it and not because I don't want to pursue journalism. It's because I'm in the midst of a move. Ah, well, that's always a bummer right there when we have yes. to <laughs> it, it jumbles life up, doesn't it, Lynn? Yes. It does. So I found out through my research, CP actually is a umbrella term that actually it describes a group of disorders that affects a person's ability to move. Is that the basics of CP? Correct. Correct. It, um, CP is a lack of oxygen injury at first. I have moderate CP. I would have had mild, except I also have a dramatic 
my energy on top of it. And so my brain decided to have another mini sleep out. But CP in general um, had a is on a relative for movement disorders, and I have moderate ataxia spasm cerebral palsy. Okay, and there's uh, three types of cerebral palsy disorder. Uh, do you know about those? The quadriplegia. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. I'm not a. I'm not a expert at this. I just looked all of this up and found out a lot of uh, interesting facts about CP that most people overlook. I was surprised you did. I'm surprised. Geez, I'm surprised you deep dive that deeply. I do. I have a friend with quadriplegia CP, and I have a friend with. Um, who can walk independently but has a heavy, heavy speech impediment due to lack of oxygen in the brain. So when he was born. So it really depends how CP affects the individual. And it really depends from day one if you receive occupational therapy, physical therapy, and speech. So it really depends if you receive the services right from the get-go and how severe your CP was to begin with. Yes, so it affects the people different because the brain is injured in different ways. There's actually three types, and then there's three specific brain injury types that are associated with those types. Um, so, what what type are you dealing with? I am dealing with the most common, ataxia spastic cerebral palsy. Okay. So, what I found out on that, 86% of people affected are among this disorder spastic. Yes. And then yes. there's a group that has and there's the last one of the less common form, ataxia, which has 5%. I couldn't find out how many people are actually affected with CP. Do you know the stats on that? Uh, the last time I checked, a million babies were born with CP. Wow, that's amazing. And the last time I checked, Looking at the stats and makes me really want to cry, so I don't do it that often because I tell you why. I didn't realize that CP was a neurological condition until the year of 2000, actually the year of 2019 when I lost my father, when I got emotionally and physically abused by my by a family member, and I want to make that clear, that family member is not taking care of me to this day. That family member is completely cut out of my life. She knows what she did. She knows what I did against her. And I do talk to one of the witnesses on the occasion now, but I don't talk to the family member that's physically, emotionally, and 
didn't let it emotionally abuse me. And the reason why she physically and emotionally abused me is because she came out to my house after my dad died and didn't like the chaos that I was receiving, didn't like how my stepmom, all my age, all my stepsister was actually chatting to me. She thought I was homebound and all this good stuff. So then she took it upon herself to emotionally and physically abuse me. And I thought, well, losing my dad was the toughest day. No, the toughest day was the day after my 33rd birthday. No, my 32nd birthday, I'm sorry, June 23rd, 2019. And the toughest day was after my 32nd birthday. Not only did I lose my dad, and then on top of it, I get emotional abuse and physically abused my birthday weekend. Wow, that's a lot to take in, man. You know, uh, somebody with the condition like yours, you would think that people would be more apt to be less abusive. But we find it happens. It happens all the time. Yeah, we find that that happens all the time. But um, most people are not in the media and don't speak about it. They, you see nursing home abuse happen all the time. You see disabled abuse happen all the time. And, yeah, I I told my fan base what happened. I told everyone what happened. Yeah. Well, the word needs to get out on that for sure. So you guys do a podcast, you and your assistant, Danielle. Yeah. Yeah. How difficult is that with CP, and what type of assistive gear do you guys use to do a podcast? Well, she, number one, she, Danielle, does the scheduling. I do the hosting due to her CP is a lot more severe than mine. She has a heavy, heavy, heavy speech impediment, and so I... Did one when I collaborated with her on this little project at the time. I thought it was going to be a little fun project at the time. I didn't know it was going to turn into the little green monster that now I can't control. And and I teased because I teased because the National Civil Policy Color is green, so I call it the little green monster that I can't control. And so, I, when I first started this project, I said to Danielle, and she's been my best friend for 20 years plus, and um, we met when we were extremely young. We met through an amazing program called Count Aspen, and you may want to put Count Aspen on in the show notes, because I know during the time of COVID, that child and along with other nonprofits are extremely suffering. And so you may just want to sit down with Jasmine and dot on in the show notes. She and I met through Carol Jasmine, and then she and I became lifelong friends. And when I started this project, a lot of people don't know this, but 
she was in a bad situation in her life that I, um, it's not public knowledge, but I don't, I don't want to get input, you know, but I wanted this because I kept getting the text message, I bought it, I bought it, I bought it, and at the time, he was in Kansas City doing absolutely nothing, and so I said, hey, do you want to go to Project? And her being my big FF, so yes, I was going to go to Project, and I said, well, it's going to be a podcast. I don't know how to do it. Do you want to help me? And of course, her being her and her being my BFF, she goes, yes, I want to support my BFF. And so I said, what do you want to do? Do you want to host the show with me or do you want to put me on the scene? She goes, I feel more comfortable with scheduling. And so I let, I trained her how to schedule these systems. I got a Calvary system and she's so good at it that I don't have to put it on scheduling anymore. I just toss it over to her and she just magically makes it appear on my schedule. Yeah, Calendly is one of those tools that every podcaster needs if they yeah. are yeah. doing a host type situation. And I got it. I got it. Help her just because with CT, um, we are concentrating on CT. We're not concentrating on scheduling podcasts just necessarily. We're concentrating on that solving over because of CT. Yeah, you want to automate as much as possible, that's for sure. Yeah. So, but what type of process do you use and how many assistants do you actually need to complete a podcast? I have one main assistant being Danielle, and then I have a couple more editing assistants that would like to stay behind the scenes because I admitted the other day on Clubhouse, I was in the middle of talking about podcasting with disability, and um, I admitted in my family now knows this, um, they I admit I can't edit my podcast to save my life because of my dexterity issues and people who are more skilled in editing came with my best deal and said, well, not only help you out, we'll not, we'll talk to you nothing to help you out because they want to help me out so that they've done. That is terrific people, that's for sure. You know, we, we as podcasters, we need to start looking out for each other. And when we see somebody promoting good, we should do whatever we can to help that person get their message out and lift them up. And yeah, that, exactly. Kind of what I'm, I'm in the process of is we, we need more community-based and it's, Everybody wants to make a profit and make something off a podcast because, of course, it can get expensive. But we all have a message, and I think that's very important. Podcasting gives us all this platform, and I think it's a great assistive tool for all of us. 
with yeah. my disability, I can't do what I used to do, but I'm finding out podcasting is making me see there might be another way. And I hope others can find this and use podcasting. How how do you use podcasting to affect change in its most effective way? Well, um, because I am so well known now in the podcasting space, even with my pivot with my podcast to a winning cup. I people uh, people blowing on to me. They're saying, "I love your coach. I love what you're doing, and I want to be a part of this movement." I don't you can't you teach me a thing or two about disabilities, and people have told me in person. I um, people have told me in person when you've taught me a lot about disabilities, and yes, I need twenty-four hour care. And when my stepmom just met me, she um, she Googled, what is sample palsy? What am I dealing with? And then um, it all symbols there. And then she got a real taste of it when my dad died because they don't hand you a handbook on grief, let alone raising a disabled child by accident. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. So what's the future for WIN in podcasting? Well, the future for WIN in podcasting is to keep up the podcast and to keep keep raising awareness on disabilities on a global level. And then the future for me personally is I'm actually moving in the next couple weeks to a housing community geared towards people with special needs. Yeah, great. So do you have anticipation of any sort of association or like a podcast association for people with disability to make an impact? Well, during COVID, I was thinking about that. And now that I'm out, and I've always said to people, and people have asked me, where would you move if you had the opportunity to move? And I I thought, well, I'm not about this. I, I thought, because this valley is so small and completely shut down now due to COVID, um, I thought, well, if I ever have the opportunity to move, I would integrate myself into a disabled community. So I kind of manifest my house. But um, after COVID, there is something special coming down the pipe. I'll just put it that way. I have to get myself organized in Arizona. I have to get myself organized enough to finish a journalism degree slash get myself organized enough in Arizona. And then something special after COVID will be coming once we all get vaccinated. And once we all get um, our lives back to semi-normal, something special out of me will be coming. That's that's always exciting to hear. So I want to get back to your CP just a little bit before we go, Wynn. 
What's been the toughest challenges with CP for you? Also, could you relate to us some of the positive that you experience with your CP life? Well, the most positive thing ever I've experienced is I, and I've thought this for many, 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 many years, for those of you who follow me on Instagram know that my latest toy is a power wheelchair, and I've bought it for so many years, but because I'm moving, I was lucky enough to get a power wheelchair bought by my team, and I'll be ever so grateful to that, along with a handicapped accessible van. So yes, when has her own wheels at age 33 years old, almost 34 years old, for the first time in her life. So that's a real blessing, and the real blessing is because I'm in the media, I have people caring for me about behind the scenes that I didn't even know about. I have people caring for me, checking in on me, making sure I'm okay, and making sure that everything is going smoothly. I've gotten job opportunities because of my CP. I've got, I've also walked on, but the hardest thing to deal with CP is not necessarily, um, dealing with CP itself. It's sometimes on a bad day when I, when I have a South Hampton Hall sitting here today doing this interview, I, um, actually am having muscle spasms that I don't even feel. Primarily when I'm tired, I feel that muscle spasms come on and so that's, that's it. But the hardest part about having CP is being often with CP. The hardest part about having CP is being often with CP and not having the, and this is going to be cry. And so I'm going to try not to cry. Um, but the hardest part is losing your parents. Losing one in 2010, I thought that was loved you and supported you and gave you that entrepreneurial spirit because he was an entrepreneur and um, he did professional, my dad did professional sound engineering. The John Denver, Neil Diamond, Pink Floyd, Dolly Parton, um, Bob Dylan, just to name a few. And then when he got off the road from that, he started his own home entertainment company. So I grew up. His home entertainment company was only founded in 92. I was born in 87. So I grew up with the entrepreneurial spirit. In my household, I was lucky enough to have a dad that could take me skiing, that could take me box climbing, and could take me every which way. And then I was, I was lucky enough to have a um, dad with entrepreneurs. But that's why I, one of the reasons why I left work as early as I was able to, and I'm slowly retiring, retiring from education class, retiring 
working all together and just doing something I love, which is journalism. But um, that's another one going to why. And but when I at the beginning of COVID, I was uh, one of the thousands of Americans that lost their jobs. Now, granted, I also lost my job due to my own disability and me being allowed now and saying, I, um, wait, you guys don't have a plan. You guys don't have a teacher. You guys just lost a teacher by an email. And I, um, I did it in such a way that I burn a bridge, but I'm like, they didn't want me anyway. They didn't want the education system as a, as a teacher didn't want me. Well, that's unfortunate, that's for sure. So, what are some of the fears that you faced with CP that might carry on with you forever? The biggest fear, well, the biggest fear is moving independently. That's going to be my biggest fear, and um, that's going to be one of my biggest fears is my biggest fear is coming to get me in about two weeks, and I I just I know that it will be something. It won't be CT that will take me down. It will be something else that will literally take me down. But I know that I have the. If I can't do it anymore, I can. Um, rely on the smart system that I do um, have and people can call that smart system and say, look, that um, when it's in the hospital, when needs help, and then they would be down there in two seconds left and then down there I'm saying down there in two seconds left and they would say, look, what does one need? How can I help? And so my biggest is not dying, it's just moving, and it hasn't been. Uh, my biggest fear is just moving out on my own, but now I know that it's time for me to move out on my own because I um, I saw the writing of walls, and it it wasn't looking good in my favor until, until about Jeremy Way, and it wasn't looking better in my favor due to a decision that I decided to make. And the day I decided to make that decision and sell my health, um, the two people who were with me, one who knows me pretty well, the other one knows me okay, but he doesn't understand um, the aspects of CP. He understands that when he sells my death, financially, and so the two people that were with me, when they gave me the news, they said we can either borrow money from your family or borrow money from here or sell the house. And I said, sell the house, which tears my eyes, and they go, what? You want to do what? And move, and then um, and then the universe opened up and gave me a wonderful blessing of a maybe major housing opportunity. So I think that might be just there it's coming to bite me in the next couple of weeks of moving out of a valley that I was born and raised in, but moving out 
to begin Fido Fuca? Well, when I can tell you're a very adventurous type of soul, and I don't think you have much to fear about anything. Nope. You know, the only thing you have to fear is fear itself. And yep. You you have a bright future. I think what you do in podcasting is great. You inspire me. I know that you taught me quite a few things without even knowing it. And it's great to know when Charles. That's for sure. So, in closing, what is your call to action for people? My call to action for people is number one: just be inspired, born, and listen to my podcast. My second call to action is when you when you see a person in a foul wheelchair at the park, or when you see the foul wheelchair and the silver bus blue, I would say that would be really good because a lot of people do this at Christmas and they don't do it in the but I would say if the handicap is accessible and it is in the line behind you, and you pull up to the public window, I would say either um, buy them a drink or just simply open up a door for the disabled person and their aid because you would be surprised to learn that a lot of these handicapped doors don't work, and that's what I'm discovering being a power wheelchair user as recently as I used it the other day. I'm like, if I didn't have a person here with me, I would be stuck in between a door. And so I would have to wait. And so nine times out of ten people do help me open doors. And please, 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 now that I say that I beg of you people, do not pull into a handicapped box. Yes. Because you are delaying the handicapped person's adventure and do not pull up to a and walk next to a handicapped van. Thank you very much. I now have a handicapped van, so I know the struggles now that people in wheelchairs have to go through, and so do not pull into a handicapped spot and be there for five minutes. Do not pull up next to a handicapped van, no matter what you do, because a lot of these vans, mine is back end way, and a lot of these vans are side end way. Well, if a person pulls up next to it, the disabled individual slash the individuals who's helping the disabled individual can't get into their van. They literally, literally can't. And no, those signs do not work. Please stay eight feet away from my van. And no, that's why I got a back end free van. So that's, so if that ever happens to me, I have access to my van. Interesting. That's for sure. You know, it's hard enough to live in life being a stable, healthy person. But when you 
have a disability, it's very tough. And a lot of people with disabilities, they don't like to show that they have disabilities because they are very prideful people about who and what they are. So I agree 100% with that. Just pay attention and be aware there's individuals that might need a little assistance. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. Even if, even if they have the aid or the service dog with them, even if they have assistance, just be kind and help the disabled, please. <laughs> Amen. That's for sure. So, when how can people find you and get people involved can with what go, you're doing? People can go to my website, which is askwin.webelize. Com. They can follow a, a winning cup on all audio platforms and all the devices, including the Amazon smart speakers, including um, the Google smart speakers. You guys can follow my adventure. You can also follow me on Instagram at uh, askwin622 or the artwork of dogs or just Follow me everywhere, and yeah, just follow me and figure out what I'm up to, and, and we'll try and get you on the show. I'm always looking for guests, and and um, and when speakers get on that plan, and so maybe if you want to see that in the show notes, you have you know kind of know um, all about you from my perspective, and then. I also, for those of you that have a podcast, I'm also willing to do um, podcast swaps, and I'm also willing to come on as a guest host so that your families can learn more about you from a possibly different perspective. Yeah, that's awesome. And yes, I was on Ask Win podcast. It was a fabulous opportunity. I enjoyed myself very much and i will stick a link to that in the show notes here when i want to say thank you very much for coming on the dead america podcast and sharing your story you are certainly welcome. you are certainly welcome any time i can raise awareness it puts a smile on my face and anytime i can help make the disabled just a little bit lighter and my job is done Thank you for listening in to the podcast episode today. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend. Also, please follow us on any of your podcast players. Or if you'd like to get a little more personal with us and really identify what we truly are about and get involved with what we are doing, make sure you go over to the Google Play Store and download our new app. We can't wait to get involved with you. And that's going to finish up this episode of the Dead America podcast. Make sure you come back next week and follow along for another great interview. I'm Ed Waters, out.